Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Do this. Turn to the book of Jeremiah. Turn to the book of Jeremiah. You can, uh, you can be in chapter 7. We're going to hang out in this book and in this book alone today in Jeremiah. And actually, uh, kind of feel like um, we will, I guess you could say, uh, complete this book. Only a couple of weeks in Jeremiah. So I feel that he, he, he would have us stay here. Uh, I believe we are going to hit the two uh, big themes of Jeremiah. And I believe we hit one last week and we'll review in just a moment. But Jeremiah, uh, uh, chapter 7, probably the first passage we'll read from. So that's where you can be if you can jump around. Also know this, we have that version. Uh, Bible app live event taking place. If you use the, the Bible app on your phone or mobile device, you can go there. You'll see a live event taking place there where you can follow right along with the message. Uh, have the points there, save that, share that, all those cool things. So, but Jeremiah chapter 7 is where we'll be. But uh, before we pray, uh, before we uh, read or do any of that, I just want to pray one more time if we could and just ask the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in this room. Amen. And do this as we pray, put yourself out there. Just say, God, do whatever you need to do in me today. All right. So just make that your prayer today. Just uh, open your heart up to what God would have have uh, do in your life today. Be open to that today. God, we're just uh, so honored, so thankful. God, that you've brought us together, Lord, and uh, just brought us into this house, God, as a family, and uh, as your people, God, to worship you and uh, to open up your word together. And Lord, we ask that you'll just speak to us today through your holy book, God, and you'll just reveal yourself to us, and we'll open our hearts up to that. We'll, we'll surrender, God, uh, to, to the, your word, God. We'll repent from where we need to repent, uh, God. We'll just uh, be obedient, God, to the things that you ask of us today, God. And we give you praise for it, give you honor and glory for your word, for who you are, and Lord, we ask all these things that they believe it done in Jesus' incredible name. Say it with me, church. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Happy Labor Day weekend. And uh, who, who's just, who has to work tomorrow? Anybody have to work tomorrow? Now, let's pray for those guys. Amen. Seriously, man. That's very few, man. Oh, man. That's messed up. Uh, we, we're going to remember you tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, man, that's sad. I was hoping nobody would raise their hand, man. But I know some people just have to. But, man, uh, you know, again, it's a good weekend. And I hope, again, today you can get some, some rest today. Uh, not during the message. Please don't rest during the message. Uh, stay awake. And uh, remember, I have glasses now. I can see you. And, um, and, and so uh, be, be awake. Be ready. But uh, as we jump in today, um, we're continuing the Greatest Stories Ever Told series, and we're going through the Old Testament together. And so um, we're in the book of Jeremiah right now, and, and last week we hung out in Jeremiah chapter 1, and uh, in just review of that, because I believe it's important that we see that this is going to work together. Uh, Jeremiah 1 and what God spoke to Jeremiah, what he revealed to him was crucial, I believe, in helping him and allowing him to walk out the rest of this book and, and do the things that he was called to do. So um, in, re- in a quick review last week, I had a very strange point, number one. I gave you three points last week. The point number one was kind of interesting, and that point was number one was this, is that we can learn a lot from this verse. <laughs> yeah, I know it's kind of strange, kind of random out there, so uh, kind of weird, but uh, the verse was just simply this. I'll read it to you. Jeremiah 1.5 was this. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Come on, man. Amen. You were born, before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And so there's a lot to learn there. We learn a lot in this. We learn a lot about ourselves in that, in that verse. We learn that God created us. He made us. He knew us. He formed and fashioned us before, this, uh, before we were formed in our mother's womb. Again, he, he shows us a lot about ourselves 
in that verse. I love it. We also see a lot about God in that same verse. We see that he's the creator. He's the maker. He's the designer. He's the one who forms and fashion. He's the potter. We're the clay in that story. He's the one who does this. This is God, and he knows all things. And so we see in this passage a whole lot in this verse, and that very third and final thing I showed you last week, and that point number one was this, is that God made you for a great purpose. Amen? For a great purpose. He set him apart to do a great work. Number two was this. I, I share with you that uh, to not let anything stop you from your assignment. Amen? Don't let anything stop you from your assignment. We'll be speaking about that assignment today. I gave you a few underneath that point. One of them was just this. Don't make excuses. You know, Jeremiah tried to come up in there after God spoke to him and said, hey, I've set you apart, called you forth. And he's like, oh, Lord God, come on, I'm just a youth. I, I can't do this. So please, listen, let's, let's don't make those excuses and let's don't go back and start talking and voicing our disqualifications. Let's just say, God, yes, amen, I'll do as you say. Do this and walk in this. Uh, I also said this, don't be afraid of what others think. We're going to see again how this is going to unfold as we look into this message today. Again, don't be afraid about what others think. Um, Again, I think we allow the opinions of others to overrule the opinion of God so many times. And so, again, don't be concerned about those things and don't let that become your main focus. And also, we also shared this. Don't compare your assignment to someone else's. Amen. What God called you to do was get him specific. He pulled him out, set him for a, a specific reason and purpose, and he did the same thing for you. You're not an accident. God had a purpose and plan for your life. And the third one was this, is that God will equip you. Amen. God will equip you. He will be the one. He said, I will go with you, be with you. I will deliver you. I'll speak. He does all these things for us. So this is what I love. I love Jeremiah 1. I love it, man. I, I got some great feedback about that message last week, and I appreciate that. Thank you. But just that passage alone, Jeremiah 1 alone, is just awesome, and I think just it alone is incredible. And I think it's important that we understand how awesome Jeremiah 1 is and how much we need that because now what we're supposed to do with that. Now, uh, Jeremiah, would, uh, I believe he understood this, that he was going to have to stand and he was going to have to declare things. He was going to have to speak in front of people and declare things. And God told him, don't be afraid of their faces. Don't worry about and, and what, let how they look at you determine what you do. You get up there and speak forth these things. And so now as we continue on, I believe just for each of us as well, it's equally important that we understand Jeremiah 1. Because, again, you see that you have a great purpose. You have an assignment. God has a purpose and plan for you today. And so as we look today, I'm going to give you a few things. And I'm uh, just going to be real and honest today. If you've been around here for a while, you know I just get up and just try to share exactly as God says and put, put out here what he puts on my heart. And so um, I want today to be able to just do that. Thank you for allowing me to do that. But I want to be real today and just talk about a few things I think we need. And so number one is this today. Number one, if you're taking notes or if you follow along on version, the assignment is not always popular. Okay, please understand that. Assignment is not, is not always popular. I, I think sometimes we can come out of Jeremiah 1 and uh, we can just say like, man, you know, this is awesome what I'm going to get to do and it's going to be incredible and that's true. 
Um, but please understand this, that assignment, the purpose and plan that God has for you, it's not always going to be popular. Uh, that Jeremiah does this. It records like the final prophecies to Judah warning them. This is great warnings to them of the coming destruction in their life if they don't repent as a nation. That's not popular. And so it's, it's kind of like a for us, please, if I want you to see that as you step forward into the purpose and plan of God, everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to cheer you on when you get up and say, man, I'm going to stand for the Lord. I'm going to do this work that, man, God's called me to do. I'm going to say yes to him. And I want you to know this, that as a pastor, I have to face this weekly. Every week, I have to get down before God and, and open up his word and pray and, and say, God, give me your words. Let me say what you've placed upon my heart. I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes the things that God gives us and we see in his word are tough. They're not all positive and make you feel good. Now, this is just a reality as a, as a pastor, the things I've had to face. I've, I've had to just accept this, that the things in God's Word that he's told me to preach, I would get up and speak, Jeremiah, I want to declare it over your life and speak that forth, man, how good God is, how great he wants to be in your life, and how much of a purpose he wants to use you for. But I also must share why that's so important. Because it's the truth. There's so many people and pastors and places who have pulled away from those things. And I understand their, their, their mindset. I, I believe, I don't think most of them are up there saying, well, I just want to say what makes people just feel good. I don't believe that's every pastor. But I believe there are places where this has happened. Let's just all think positive. Let's just all kind of like just focus kind of like on the positive things. And it's amazing to me that you could see this, Jeremiah, this prophet, dealt with prosperity prophets. I mean, he dealt with that in the book. You can read through and like Hananiah was one of the guys who was getting up and he was prophesying and he was speaking forth and declaring things that he was saying from the Lord and people loved it. People love it when you say things to them, make them feel good. Again, so I, I love this about the Bible. If we're open to it, it says a lot of things that really makes you feel good. It just does. It's just awesome. It's incredible, and it's beautiful, and, and I love that. But listen, if, if God is not saying it, we need to run from it, and we need to embrace what he is saying, and sometimes the things that are spoken forth are not always going to do this. It's not always going to please you. And pastors get up, and some of them may do this, fall to that pressure, and get up and feel like they have to say the things to please you. But here is the end result. If every person in this room left pleased and God did not after the service, we failed. We have failed miserably if God is not pleased by what happens today in this room. So we have to do this. Become to the place where we not get focused on what's popular and get focused on the person of Christ and who he is. And so I have to do this and you have to do this. We have to say what God says. We have to speak what he speaks. And, and this has been something that we've done. And, and it's gotten worse, I do believe, as, as times go along. We've kind of created this culture where we, we've kind of like helped made people and our children think, listen, that popularity is the most important thing. It's sad. And it happens like just right from the beginning of life. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen this when the very beginning, you're at, at PE, at recess, or whatever it is, and you're going to have a game, 
and then they go split up, and then they go pick teams. Let's be honest. Who hated it when they picked teams? You're like, man, I'm going to be the last joker standing up here all by myself, man. And I, I'm going to be the one like, we'll take so-and-so. You don't take so-and-so at that point. Man, they're the only one left. You got stuck with so-and-so. You know what I'm talking about. But this is what we've created. We've created this culture of this. And when we've made them think, now listen, I'm, I'm not talking about, listen, like making you work hard and be faithful in the, in the things that God's called you to do. Do that. Listen, do it well. Do everything God's called you to do. If you make the first string, that's awesome. But listen, please let you see something. Second string ain't bad. Listen, it's just, listen, just do focus in on what he said. Now, honestly, now, as an older person, you know, person who's getting up in age, uh, still young and still young and ready to go. But you know something now? I'm, I'm thankful, and I'm not against this. I'm not anti these things. But I'm thankful now that my parents didn't allow me to like, play rake ball with sports in school. I resented them for a long time. I'm going to be honest. I did. I resented them. I'm the, I'm the youngest of four boys. By the time they got to me, they were like, do we have a fourth kid? I can't even remember. I think we do. He's, I forgot his name, man. They did call every other name to that before they got to my name. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all youngins. Who's the youngest child in, in the room? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, I, I've been called David, Tim, Tommy, Terry. Finally got to me. But we didn't do that kind of wreck sports and those kind of things. And for a long time, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I was resentful towards that. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm thankful now that, that I didn't get to play that. Because here's, here's what happened. I played the violin in third grade. I made first chair. <laughs> Let me tell you what I got. I got a big head for being the first chair in the violin department, man. I mean, you know, again, that was awesome. But, but listen, look, we, we do this. We create and we put inside of their head. If you make this position, then you're popular, then this. And we base so much upon this. Please understand. Listen, always following Christ is not going to be popular. We, 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 we a lot of times will put the post on our social media that we think will get the most likes. Let's just be real. Some of it, we've, we've said, I'm about to put something like, well, that probably won't get no, uh, how about if I post this? It's going to get them. Let's just be real. We, we do this because this is in our mind and this is what we're gauged for. But I want you to see something. Please understand this. That if you've totally surrendered your life to Christ, there's some parties that you won't get invited to. Go ahead. There's some events and some gatherings that you won't get the invite. There are some things that are going to happen. This, this is what's going to go down. It's just going to be that way. And listen, you need to accept that. But what God wants to do, his purpose and plan, is greater than those things. It's better than being popular. Again, God makes you popular. Use it for the right reason. But listen, don't get focused on those things. A.W. Tozer said this, and he said some stuff. He said, go to church once a week and nobody pays attention. Worship God seven days a week and you become strange. And it's true. This is, it's weird. Some of the things we're kind of trying to create in this church, man, that, hey, this is not something we do Wednesday and Sunday. This is something we are, the church, every day of the week, and we serve him and follow him and walk in his plans. And look at what Jeremiah was dealing with. This is what he was facing. Jeremiah chapter 7, we're finally there. Verse 30, this is what happens here in verse 30 and 31. This generation, they're about to go into exile. This is, in, in this group of people now, they're doing this. They're burning their sons and daughters. 
They're burning them on the altars in the fire. Verse 30 says this, For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house which is called my name to pollute it, and they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my heart. There's a, there's a lot in this passage, but this is, this is huge. Listen, God I serve, he did not ordain this. There's some people who get up and speak and say, well, man, God, he, he calls people to do those things. Sometimes he gets glory for that. Listen, he actually says here, this is not in his heart. Those types of things are not what's in him. That's not the God I serve. But this is what they were doing. They were laying their children on the altars of false idols and burning them there. We, we would say, man, that's just crazy. Man, I, don't, I can't believe they would do that. But I think sometimes the enemy deceives us, and he deceives people, and he does this. And what we do today, in a lot of ways, we place our children on different idols, and we burn them there. We lay them on the altars of sports. We lay them on the altars of academics, and we lay them on the altars of recreation, the things that are going on in entertainment. We lay them there, and then we do this. We wonder why, as they get older, they worship those gods. It's because that's the idol they were laid on. This is tough, but this is what we see in Scripture, and this is what's happening today. Now, listen, is there anything wrong with any of that stuff? No. But that should never become the God. That should never become the focus. That should never be the thing that happens that we point them towards. And so we must point them towards Christ. We have to do this as as a church, as a people, as a body. Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 12. I want you to just see what happens. This is what he's dealing with as he's seeing these things go on. He's watching this happen. And it's tough. It's tough to, to see those things that are happening. It's tough to see what I see happening in this world sometimes. And it's why we must get up and speak truth. And this is what he says. He says in, in verse 1 of Jeremiah 18, he says this. He said, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the will. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The instant I speak concerning a nation, and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I thought to bring upon it. See, what this, this is a far cry from some of the pictures of people painting of God. Listen, he's showing us here. Listen, this, if we repent, he relents. He pulls back. This is just what we see in Scripture. This is just so true. He says, I will relent of the disaster I thought to bring upon you. Verse 9, in the instant I speak concerning a nation, concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it does evil in my sight so that it does not obey my voice, and I will relent concerning the good with which I said I would benefit it. God's not up there like, he's not like, has issues. He doesn't. God doesn't have issues. 
But he's trying to get us to see, listen, that what we should do is follow him. Verse 11 says, Now therefore speak to the men of Judah and to, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning a disaster and devising a plan against you. Return now everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. Now, this is like, and you know, Jeremiah's like hearing this. He's like thinking, man, all right, it's going to be tough for me to get up there and say, God. And he's like, takes him back. I formed you. I made you. I ordained you. Sanctified you. Set you apart. Let's so get up there and say it. And he's thinking, okay, that's cool. Now they're going to receive that. He gets up and he says these things. In verse 12, it says, and they said, that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans, and we will everyone obey the dictates of his evil heart. Now listen, this assignment is not always popular. But listen, please understand, this is not a popularity contest. So this is what God's called us to do. Eternity is on the line. And so we have to get up and speak for it. Number two, assignment is not always easy. It's just not. It's going to be, again, we know very difficult, very hard at times. And listen, this thing will not be easy. And you will, as we've seen already, people come against him. Now look what happens. This prophet Jeremiah is speaking, and he's declaring forth this difficult message to deliver here to the people of Judea. And now they're coming. And this is the result. This is the result. This, you know, you're like, man, you know, like, I, I want that, you know, that great purpose and that great plan from Jeremiah 1. I, I sign up for that. This is what happened to him. Jeremiah 18, 18 said this. Then they said, come and let us devise plans against Jeremiah. For the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor word from the prophet. Come and let us attack him with the tongue, and let us not give heed to any of his words. So, if, so they're going to be like writing bad posts about him on Facebook. He just got some bad tweets. Now, listen, don't you see how, what's going on here, the seriousness of what, what is being said. They're speaking now and saying and declaring forth now what they're getting ready to do. And it does not just, again, it's not just words they rise against him. You can jump down to Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 1, and he says this, Now Pashur, the son of Emmer, the priest who was uh, also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Pashur struck Jeremiah the prophet, put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. Man, I thought I was ordained. Set apart you are. I thought there, yeah, listen, he wants us to see this. And, and this is what it did to him. Not, I want you to be honest. Let's just be honest and be real. This is where I think church, we sometimes get away from this. He felt like giving up. And there are times when we do as well. And we see what happens. But this is what I like about Jeremiah. And this is what happens when you truly understand the, the Jeremiah 1 and what, how beautiful it truly is. He could not. He tried. This was, I mean, it was amazing. We see this in one of the things that, you know, I've, I've preached before, man, and even not sometimes even understanding, like, like what, what was really being said in the passage. I've got up and declare what I'm getting ready to say to you that, man, this fire, this word is like fire shut up in my bones, man. I got to speak forth the words of God. And I've heard pastors and preach that and declare that, man, and pump that up. And they're like, yeah. Organ, wah. 
I'm going, man, that's awesome. I love that. And then I started like really reading Jeremiah. And I realized what he was trying to do here. You know what he was trying to do? He just got put in jail. He was like, look, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. They're trying to stand up and speak and declare your word, and this is what happens. You know what he tried to do? He tried to keep it down. I like the message version of this, Jeremiah 20, verse 7. It says this. He said, you push me into this. Remember what he tried to say? He was like, oh, Lord God, I'm a you. I can't. God was like, don't you say that. Listen, don't. Just do what I said. You push me into this, God, and I'll let you do it. Please understand, if God pushes you anything, you're going to let him do it. Just understand. That's good. You were too much for me, and now I'm a public joke. They all poke fun at me every time I open my mouth. I'm shouting murder or rape, and all I get from my God warnings are insults and contempt. But if I say forget it, no more God messages from me. The words are firing my belly and burning in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it any longer. Then I hear whispering behind my back. There goes that old danger everywhere. Here's that preacher who's up there preaching the whole word, not just what makes me feel good. Shut him up. Report him. Oh, friends, watch, hoping I'll fall flat on my face. One misstep and we'll have him. We'll get rid of him for good. Listen, this thing's not easy. This is not always going to be good. There, I just love you enough to tell you, as Jeremiah tells you, sometimes we will go through difficult things as believers. We will go through difficult times sometimes. There are things that we face. But I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said that God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to arouse a deaf Listen, this is what's going on here today as we speak forth and declare the truth from God's word. It's not easy. It's not popular. The third and final one this morning is this. The assignment is always worth it. It's always worth it. Oh, man, it's always, he's always, every time worth it. I love what we see, Jeremiah 32, verse 17. We heard him in that sixth verse when God spoke those words to him earlier. He said, oh, Lord, God, I can't do this. And I love what we see here later on as he's walking out the plan, as he's coming to near the end of this, as he's speaking forth and declaring forth these words. In verse 7, he says this, oh, Lord, God, behold, You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. I want to get there. I don't know where you're at in the process. I don't know if you're like early on in the stage and you're saying like, God, I can't do this. I don't know if like you're somewhere in the middle and you're going like, man, I feel like quitting, giving up. I've done this. I've tried to walk this thing out. It's not going like I wanted it to go. Or maybe you're somewhere near the end of this thing and you're looking back and you're saying, oh, Lord God, there's nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for you. You know what we do so many times? 
we quit too soon. We quit too soon. We're watching a show. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. I think it's in maybe its fifth season, I think, now. But it's the show alone. And um, the premise of the show is they take these people and they, like, put them out. And the one we're watching, like, season two, they put them out in Vancouver Island. And, uh, like, some of the homes on Vancouver Island, I just did a search one day and just started looking. I was like, oh, my goodness, man. It's, just, it's amazing what you see there. It's just unbelievable what's going on. But they don't put them in that section. They take them in the backsides of Vancouver Island where there's, there's no life and, and there's no people living. And they drop them off. And they put them on that island. And it's amazing what happens. And what they're to do is just live alone for as long as they can. That's the goal. And whoever out of the ten people they place on that island lives the longest on that island alone and survives. You get $500,000. That's wild, man. And I've watched that show. Sometimes we sit back saying, like, man, go do this. You need to be doing that. I'm sitting there. I'm on the couch eating popcorn, man. <laughs> I, don't know. I ain't got a clue, man, what, what they're really dealing with out there, man. I'm like, bring me something to drink, baby. Turn the AC down. You don't, we don't. But it's, it's wild and it's amazing. And they're, able, they're to do this. They record themselves. They don't have a lot of people. They're actually videoing them. They're literally alone on this island and by themselves. And it's wild. Day one, every one of them is all the same. They're like holding the camera up, doing a selfie, and they're like, man, this is awesome. This place is beautiful. Man, this is my God chosen and picked to live out here, man. This is amazing. And their stomach starts growling. And they're realizing, man, I don't have nowhere to sleep tonight. I'm about to get out and do something. It's wild, man. You start seeing it. That's season two that we watched. One dude, like three hours, hit the button and said, y'all come get me, Jack. I'm out of here. I'm done with this. Drug went home, got him some popcorn, sat on the couch and watched the rest of the show. <laughs> I can't fault him for that, man. But as we was watching the show, it's amazing what goes on. It got down to two people, and they're, they're on this island they're showing their, their struggles and the things that are going on. It got to like day 66 or something like that. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched this. I, don't, I won't tell you too much. But they're sitting there. And that one guy says, man, I can't do this any longer. And he hits the button. And on day 66, that guy gets $500,000. He's a former pastor. And it was pretty cool, man, that he was able to, to bless his family. And that was why he was working so hard towards this. I got to thinking, man, what if he would have stopped on day 65? What is it that God wants to do in you? What is it that he has for you? And it's right there. You're just like, you're right there. And he's like, man, I know. It's like, man, you're there. And he's like, don't stop. Just, just keep moving towards this. Please understand it. It's worth it. 
Let me tell you what Jeremiah ended up doing. Jeremiah ended up, man, becoming known around the world, known in this time, even like in Matthew 16 when Jesus says, like, who, who do men say that I am? There are some of the people who actually said, man, some of you are Elijah, some of you are like Jeremiah. That, they thought that you were him. They had this maybe some weird understanding of, of coming back. I don't know what, the, what that was, but I believe it was a large part because of this. Jesus actually spoke forth a lot of the words that Jeremiah spoke. He declared forth those things. And, and we're going to see as we continue on that this is incredible. Jeremiah is going to have part in reaching King Nebuchadnezzar, who's going to be a part of what we're going to see entire nations changing. What is it that God wants to do through you? And you're ready to quit. You're ready to stop. Say, man, I don't, I don't know. Listen, don't stop. The assignment's always worth it. If you would, would you please stand with me? Oh, man, I just, so thankful today for God bringing us together. I want you to do this, if you would, just right where you're standing. If you'd take a moment, just ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. And what we always ask each week is this, is say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? What are you saying to me? Where are you at in this? Are you early on stage where you're like, man, like enjoying this day one thing, and you're like, man, this is awesome. I didn't come here today to try to like, uh, like discourage you. I come here to just let you see, listen, that in the end, it's worth it. He's worth it. This assignment is always it's worth it. Oh, man, what God wants to do with you, that great purpose and that great plan that he has for you. Listen, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. And I want you to get to the place where Jeremiah finally got where he was saying, oh, Lord God, there's nothing today that you can't do. Some of you may be right there in the middle of this thing. You may really feel like you're right in the middle. You're, you're following Christ. You're serving him. And, man, you feel like, man, just like Jeremiah, you're getting persecuted. They're talking. You feel like maybe you've been being put in shackles and bondage, whatever it may be. Listen, this was a word to Jeremiah in the very first verse. He said, I'll deliver you. In the very first chapter, he made it very clear to him that no matter what came his way, he would deliver him. And we've been singing about God's faithfulness. And I've experienced in my life, and Jeremiah did as well, that he is faithful. So faithful. As your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I just want to ask you today, listen, to think, what God are you sending me through this message? It's for some of you, maybe right now, this is, he's speaking to you about maybe what you're doing as a parent. And I'm not telling you, listen, just take everything away from them and make them just come to church and not do anything else. I'm not asking that. But I am asking this, to point them towards the true king. What, should, what and who should truly be worshipped? Let them know. <laughs> My kids don't appreciate this when we do this. They will thank us later. We tell them, you know something, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him.
Some of you right now, listen, God's speaking to your heart saying, man, I want to do a great thing through you. Let me. Quit making excuses. Step in. So I want you to do this this morning. It's Labor Day weekend. Let it be one that, that is remembered for the rest of your life. That this is a day that you said this. Say, God, I just surrender and quit making excuses. I quit fighting you. I just surrender to you. And I'll walk in that purpose. If you need to give your life to Christ today, I encourage you to do this. Repent, believe, put your faith in Christ. I'd love to talk to you about Jesus' surrender and just about, talk to you about surrendering your life to him. I'm going to be here at this front in just a moment. We have people in the back beside our connect in the care ministry room. We'd love to pray with you, talk with you if you need that. But I want you to do this this morning. If that's your heart today to say this, God, I surrender it all. If I have to surrender popularity, if I have to surrender my comfort, for the ultimate prize of walking in what is truly worth, and that's your will and your plan, I'll do that today. As the worship team closes out, sings this last song today, I want to do this. I want to invite you to do this. Find your place to pray. Get with God. If you need prayer for any reason at all, this is what we'll do as a church family. We'll pray with you. If you need prayer, I want you to do this. To step out. We're going to come and let you bow here in this altar. We're going to do this. Pray with you and pray for you. For any reason at all, there's no bad reason to come to God's altar. If you need to talk to someone and you feel more comfortable doing that, please do that. But if you want to do this, you just want to spend time with God and say, God, I want to walk in your will, not in popularity, not in what's pleasing, but God, what is your perfect will? And I know ultimately that will be for the good. Today as the worship team ministers and son, I invite you to just spend time with him. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.